Hey everybody, welcome back to the Contiki Podcast, a place to hear double feature film recommendations from some of your favorite musicians, actors, filmmakers, and artists. I am your host, Eric Mahoney, broadcasting to you from Brooklyn, New York, and I sincerely hope you are being sensible out there. Uh, I am assuming the audience of this show is all on the same page about the current state of things in regards to the pandemic, so I'm not going to preach to the choir, but I do truly hope you are all being safe and vigilant about protecting yourselves and others. Moving on. One of the things I enjoy most about watching films and great television series over the years is getting to experience actors that continuously pop up in interesting projects and deliver stellar performances every single time. On the program today, we have one of those people. Actor Melanie Linsky will be on in just a few moments to give her very timely selections for a double feature, and I was thrilled to have her on because I really admire her craft. If you're unfamiliar, Melanie has been around since the mid-90s and is an exceptional actor, both in supporting and leading roles. Um, you know, just a few titles that, that come to mind um, are Win-Win, But I'm a Cheerleader, the fantastic uh, Duplass Brothers series, Togetherness, I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore, and uh, very recently, Mrs. America. I enjoy her work a great deal and, and, and had a blast, you know, talking movies with her. So let's let's just get into it and hear my conversation with Melanie Linsky. Hello. Hey, it's Eric. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? I'm sorry I'm a bit late. Oh, no worries. How's your day going? Oh, it's pretty good. You know, we have an 18 month old, so it's always uh, very busy. Oh, wow. <laughs> How's the little one doing? She's doing really well. I mean, I feel lucky that she's not at an age where we have to explain it to her. And she's, you know, a lot of my friends have older kids and they're missing their friends and everything. And But, you know, it's just like nonstop, <laughs> just morning to night. <laughs> right, it's right. It's kind of beautiful to have all this time with her. It's It's kind of an amazing thing, so... 18 months is nice. That is kind of nice. And, and that, that is sort of a, I don't know, kind of a more sacred or precious time. It's just so young and little and it's nice. It's nice that you, you kind of have this space, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And she's, you know, it's the age, she's just like a little sponge right now. So we're just, right, you know, she's right. learning the alphabet and counting and it's just, it's very cute. Oh, that's cool. That's really sweet. That's nice. That's nice. What um what have you been up to since uh, the world shut down? Were, were you did you have um did you have commitments where you were going to be on set or what, what what was this what was this period like for, in terms of your schedule? I, I've been talking to a lot of musicians and it hasn't affected them tremendously outside of touring because they're still writing and things like that. But what what is this affected or not affected in terms of your schedule? Out of just out of curiosity. Well, I I mean since I had my daughter, I've I've been careful to not over schedule myself so I sort of uh you know I'll do a job and I won't line anything up for afterwards just because I I don't know how I'm going to feel having been you know she's always with me and she comes to sit with me and stuff like that but mm-hmm. it, you know it can be long days being away from her for a lot of the day so um so I finished a movie I did an independent movie in February and it was right before everything shut down. We got 
home in early March um, and neither of us had anything lined up, so it was kind of perfect. Um, oh, but good. Jason, my my partner, is, has to go back to season two of a show that he's on and we just don't know when or where, <laughs> you know. It's like if he has to go to another place, he's not going to be able to travel home. So I think I'm just going to have to go with him and, and just not work myself while he's doing that. It's, a, it's crazy. It's a very different time. Yeah, <laughs> to say the least, to say the least, for sure. We just we just wrapped up um, Mrs. America in our household and really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. I'm sure that was that was fun to work on. It was fun. It was. I mean, uh, it was very very tiring. It was my first job after my baby was born, and oof, we, you know, sometimes the days were like 18 hours, and it, it was a lot. But um, what a great group of women to be working with. Amazing. Yeah, that cast was was a phenomenal cast. Yeah, we really really enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was really compelling and timely and yeah, it was it was great. We really enjoyed it. Um so let's let's talk about your selections a little bit. What 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 is your selection for a uh, a double feature pairing? Yes, okay. So my selections are um Middle of Nowhere, which is Ava DuVernay's second film and the movie The Hate You Give by George Tillman Jr. Heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I just, like at this time in the world, it's very, um, I don't know, like Jason and I watched the new season of Queer Eye and I thought, well, this is kind of escapism, but a lot of it was very pertinent um, to the to the world right now. I just, I'm finding it very hard to like truly escape I don't really want to it feels like such a big moment in our culture and so you know when I thought about like movies that I could recommend for people to watch right now it it was important to me that they'd be films that are sort of talking about what's happening in the world (laughs) no I think that's spot on yeah I mean I I I was being a little flip um they are they are they are you know they are heavy films but I I agree with you and I think that you know certainly this is a opportunity for us collectively to assess and reassess all kinds of things and certainly you know um uh, first and foremost you know uh, the problem with systemic racism in this country and police brutality and, and you know these films sort of touch on those issues and um yeah i couldn't agree more i remember i remember middle of nowhere very specifically when it came out um because i believe she i believe she was the first black female to win the Best Director Prize at Sundance? Does that sound right? Yeah, I remember because I was at Sundance that year. Was um, We both had movies, and I didn't direct the movie I was in, obviously, but um, I saw Ava a lot that year at Sundance, and I remember she won, and mm-hmm. I was so, so happy for her. But yeah, it does sound like yeah. I think she was the first black woman, yeah. Yeah, it's very well deserved, and and it's it's an incredible piece. Let's let's start with that one. I guess that because that one's from 2012. So let's let's start at the oldest one and work towards the newest one. So tell me, I guess, well, first of all, maybe just give a little synopsis for anyone that hasn't seen the film uh, about n- middle of nowhere and and why this was um, a selection in, in this particular genre for you to that really connected with you. Yeah, well, middle of nowhere uh, is about a young woman who's a nurse who uh, we meet her when she's traveling to visit her husband who's in prison about two hours away from where she lives. 
And it's just a sort of beautiful adult drama about Ruby, this woman, and her life and her her husband, her relationship with her husband, her relationship with her sister and her mother. And over the course of the film, she meets another man played by David Oyelowo, who's one of the greatest actors living. And she just yeah. has to make this. Yeah, he's so good. I mean, everyone in the movie is is so good. It's just so full of beautiful performances. Um, Lorraine Toussaint, who plays her mother, I like. For me, that's the supporting performance of that year. Like, I feel like <laughs> she should have won an Oscar for that movie. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, a movie about her coming to terms with who she is, what she wants her life to be. She's put a lot of things on hold to, you know, wait for her husband to fight for his release. And the thing I really love about the movie, it's the thing that I think Ava DuVernay is so amazing at. She did it in When They See Us as well. You really learn so much about the the little sort of the bureaucracy of all this kind of stuff and, and just how hard it is, like the process of, of you know, going for an appeal the process of of having to try to get someone you love released from prison, it, it's, she's so good at the sort of paperwork element of it and having you understand like the drudgery and the toll that it takes on people who are not in the system and the toll it takes on people who are in the system. I, I just felt like when I saw the film, I had such a complete understanding of every single character Column regarding inmate number P48057, North Hall Level D, Derek J. Murray. My registrant number is 051954. Can you even believe it? I can't believe it. Ten months early. It's good news. It's great news. Baby, you got everything going for you. You're coming home. We are somewhere in between, in a middle place. Let's go out on roof camp, Pop. Want to see Uncle Derek on the big ship? I don't want you to stop for me, baby. You are me. Remember. And the thing that I, the like most heartbreaking element of the film that I really took away from it is how pure her love is with her husband and just how impossible it is to sustain the relationship. Um, and he's, you know, Emiazzi Coronialdi plays the lead actress. Uh, she's, she's absolutely amazing. And she has such chemistry with Amari Hardworth who plays her husband. He's such a presence. He's such a charismatic man that he just like <laughs> the memory of him and the little flashbacks through the movie really just, enliven the whole film and and you just keep hold in your heart of the energy of their relationship and it's just so heartbreaking in the end when they're not together like they can't be together because of circumstances and it's just a very very complex and very adult portrayal of a lot of different emotions and um what the situation feels like for everybody involved I agree with you. And I think that, well, two things. I think that, you know, in terms of the um, 
social awareness aspect of these selections. I also think touching upon the prison system in this country, which is just horribly out of whack and um, there's just so much incredibly wrong with it and how we uh, incarcerate our <laughs> our citizens because it's another aspect that needs to be looked at and overhauled. Um, in terms of the plot, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it is like really interesting too in the plot because it's, it, it is like at a certain point too and these flashbacks really drive home their relationship and, and how meaningful it is. But then it's also... What, what do you do with this circumstance when you still have a life to live on the outside? Do you kind of devote your entire being to this person that is incarcerated and likely will be and put everything and put all of your needs in, on hold, you know, for the sake of that, for the preciousness of that? Or do you free yourself from that in some way, as painful as that can be? It's a, it's a, it's a I mean, it's a painful, you know thing to have to deal with. And so many people do deal with that on a daily basis in this country uh, and for, and for reasons that are complete bullshit, you know? Yeah. And then another thing I really love about the film is it doesn't shy away from, first of all, it's not super specific about what, um, Omari Hadwick's character did to be incarcerated, but it's, he's a first time offender, but, but he certainly did something. And then it also doesn't shy away from the fact that while he's in prison, he's not making choices that are going to help him get out sooner. But it also gives exactly. you a deep understanding of how impossible it is to be in that system and just like behave perfectly and have everything. You know, there's there's gangs and there's all kinds of crazy stuff happening in prison, and people cannot be thrown in there and be model citizens. It's it's so dehumanizing to be incarcerated. It's it's so awful what happens to people. And the expectation on these young men, like, you know, if this character was a white man, he's a first-time offender, there's bigger fish to fry above him in the whole scheme of the whole thing, and he probably would have been let off with probation. But he's in prison right. for, you know, eight years, and then it's increased because shit happens when he's in prison, and it really like just shows you what a mess the whole system is. And once you're in there, how hard it is to get out, like physically get out and emotionally. That's right. And it, yeah. And again, to navigate the the bureaucracy that is involved with that, which is just staggering. And especially when you're talking about people that oftentimes don't have, you know, uh, a lot of uh, means, you know, uh, to, to, to fight that. Um, I mean, you know, so many people, can buy their way out of these circumstances, and, and so many cannot. And it's just, um, it's heartbreaking that what what happens. And, and again, I think, um, yeah, this is a very timely selection because I think this is a this is a film that, that that brings a lot of those issues up in a very in a very wonderful way. And also, you know, in terms of just being a, a very compelling film and plot, the writing is so good, the performances are so good that it, it, it's this it's this very human portrayal of these problems that are oftentimes kind of American centric, you know, that we, that we all need to be looking at. So, um, yeah, for the, for the, I really like that. Yeah. The performances are all so amazing. And like one thing that really resonated with me when I watched it is there's a moment where the the lead character is visiting her husband and she says, you know, there's only two more payments before I have paid off the lawyer. And she says it was such hope and excitement and I just thought oh my god <laughs> that made me cry sorry but like here he is in prison it, 
the lawyer didn't like get him off that do anything yeah (laughs) yeah right and she's still paying off this insane legal fee it's just it's just so unfair how the whole system works and it just you know her face um in the artsy the lead actress is just so open and so vulnerable and another thing that i love so much about this movie is it's just this young woman's inner life so much of it is just watching her responding watching her feeling how people react to her watching her you know just try to do her best and it's just such a beautiful thing to see to see a movie about any woman's life that's just so focused on her let alone you know this young black woman i just wish there were more films like this it's a it's a perfect movie to me yeah agreed i I agree i agree i i very much remember seeing this, um, you know, shortly after it came out and just, it stuck with me for a long time. It just was one of those films that does that and it just continued to kind of roll around in my head for weeks after and it, it is very well crafted. Um, so so pairing that with uh, The Hate You Give um, from, from 2018. So, so tell us a little bit about that film and, um, you know, why that one resonated with you uh, as well. Well, this is a film I... I had my daughter in December 2018 and we were living in Atlanta and I got all the Academy screeners and we just were, you know, I was just like breastfeeding a newborn, (laughs) hanging out at home with my Mm. husband and we were just watching movies and I got a screener for this movie. I hadn't really heard much about it and I said, oh, I've heard of this book. It's like a young adult book, but like, let's check it out. And then I was floored by this movie. I... I really felt like it was very underseen, I, even though, you know, I, I looked it up and actually um, like a lot of uh, films that are centered around black stories that made much more money than the budget, you know, which is never the narrative that the media likes to give us. But it's it's often true that, you know, these films make a lot of money back. So, mm-hmm. you know, but for whatever reason, there just wasn't a lot of attention paid to it. Um, like for me, it was like top of my list for like every, you know, Russell Hornsby who plays her dad in the movie. I just was like, this is the supporting performance of the year. I I think he's so incredible. He's so strong and so intense in that movie. Um, and it just, it felt so timely then. And, and now, unfortunately, it's just even more timely it's it's kind of crazy I just watched it back yesterday and I just was like oh my god it, it's just everything that's happening right now it's you know, this movie know. about a, a young black man being killed by police an unarmed black man and what happens within his community and it's also kind of like middle of nowhere centered around the journey of a young woman who uh, was with him when he was killed and it's about her experience. And a lot of it is about, you know, she goes to this white private school and she's one of the only black kids there. And a lot of it is about her experience trying to fit in there and the ways in which she accommodated some of the white kids and their kind of casual everyday racism before this all happened. And she, during the course of the movie, becomes an activist and really comes into her own in a, in a beautiful way. And it's such an empowering story, and the lead actress is just so incredible. 
My name is Star. Two R's. Daddy named me that. Garden Heights. Mama and Daddy says our life is here because our people are here. We got Mr. Rubin's Barbecue, Mr. Lewis's Barbershop, and Daddy's Store. The high school is where you go to get junk, high, or pregnant. We don't go there. Williamson is another world. So when I'm here, I'm star version two. Yo, those kids are lit. Basically, Williamson star doesn't give anyone a reason to call her ghetto. And I hate myself for doing it. Until the weekend comes around. I get those goosebumps every time. What's up? Where you been at? I don't know, you be hanging with all the white kids. Shut up. Out of the car. Yo, Star, you okay? Go back where he told you. Khalil, I'm not playing. Go back where... <laughs> what did you do? Today, Garden Heights is reeling after the shooting of a 17-year-old black teenager by a white police officer. We live in a complicated world. It doesn't seem that complicated to me. Yeah, it's, it's a wonderful story of her her journey and growth and, and, and really becoming a, a strong human being, really. A very, you know, she's, she's a very, very strong human being. And a lot of the beauty of the film, um, for me, comes from her relationship with her parents, you know, Russell Hornsby, who I already talked about. Um, the very first scene of the movie is him telling, like, his very young kids, giving them a talk about what to do if the police stop you, how to respond, how to behave. And they're tiny little babies when he's having this conversation. And it just, it really, the reason I chose this film is because I feel like it would be such a great film for families to watch. You know, if you have kids who are of, of an age where you feel like they can handle that kind of conversation, I think it's a really great film to show them because the movie doesn't shy away from any conversation. She has a really difficult conversation with her classmate, her like young racist classmate. She has a really difficult conversation with her uncle who she adores, who's a police officer. She has a lot of difficult conversations with her father. And um, Amanda Stenberg is her name, this actress. And she's just like, she's really, really smart. Like as an actress and, uh, you know, I've sort of, looked her up a little bit and she's an activist in real life, which is pretty <laughs> amazing. Um, and it's just, I just feel like the movie handles a lot of very complicated stuff really beautifully and it's made for teenagers. So it's a movie that you really could show your kids and have a conversation afterwards. And it, it covers a lot of ground in a very um, subtle and powerful way. I cried about nine times <laughs> watching it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of very powerful moments in the movie and and a lot of really great performances as well. I mean, both of these movies, the, the directors have such um, a, a great way with the actors in the films. It's very naturalistic and, and very moving. I agree. I agree. And actually, that, that your point kind of takes me back to my childhood. I remember my parents showed me Do the Right Thing when I was, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11 or something like that. And I, it just to this day, I just remember, God, how impactful that was and how eye-opening that was. Um, you know, you, you talk about that, that family giving the police talk to their really young kids. And I still think there's a tremendous amount of white America that that would be shocking to 
or that they they don't understand that those conversations have in every, in every you know family of color in this country around around the police and you know for me looking back that was the first time I had seen like police brutality on film I think um, and how upsetting that was to me and asking my parents like does that like is that a like I didn't know if that was an exaggeration or something you know at the time because I was like does that is that a thing and they're you know we had that conversation and. Yeah, I mean, I think this film can serve um, as a real learning tool as well, for sure. And I think that um, the more everyone is collectively educated about uh, everyone, everyone's experience in this country, um, you know, I think that's a, a, at least a place to to start. Because because I don't even think we're all on the same page in terms of knowing or wanting to know what the realities of other people's experiences with authority in this country, you know? So I think that's a really good point. You know, this is a good conversation piece. Yeah. There's a moment in the, in the movie where, um, she's over at star, the, the little girl who, it's terrible to say little girl. I know she's a young woman, but teenagers at this point in my life, teenagers just look like babies. <laughs> to me. <laughs> they might as well be. I can understand that. Yep. They just look <laughs> Like such little people and, you know, that's also part of why the beginning of the film where this like 17-year-old boy is just gunned down in an instant is so shocking. He's he's like just this child. He's a baby. Um, but there's a moment where Star is over at her friend's house and a story comes on TV about the police officer who shot her friend and, you know, his dad comes on and says, he's been harassed. He can't leave the house to buy a gallon of milk. And... Her friend is like, oh, my God, that poor family. <laughs> and they have kind of an all lives matter conversation where her friend right. just does not understand. She's like, why can't I say that his life matters, too? And it's just it's been one of the most frustrating things for me during this time on social media to see this like knee jerk response for people from people who are just like but everyone's life matters. It's just. I just think people need to educate themselves about the reality of how different life is for black people in this country. I like, I just think, I think not only do people not get it, but they don't want to get it. Well, I think there's a lot of that. If if you would just listen and, you know, (laughs) open your mind and your heart a little bit, I don't think it's, it's, it's too difficult to understand what is being expressed, you know? So yeah, I think there is a lot of, a lot of not wanting to get it, uh, which is the problem, you know? So um, I don't know. Well, this is a, this is a really nice pairing. I, I, I like this. I, I thank you for this because I think, um, um, well, frankly, this is just incredibly timely. And I think, you know, these conversations continue or, or, or need to continue to happen. And I think that the more that we remind ourselves of that and put these types of work in front of our faces and, and continue to, you know, consume art that, that, that discusses these things, it's, it's really important right now. So this is a good, this is a good pick. Thank you. And also, you know, like I went over a lot of different documentaries in my head. You know, there's so much stuff that I thought I could recommend. And the thing about both of these movies is they're incredibly easy to watch. They're just like, mm-hmm. they're really well made, fast moving movies with great performances. And, you know, there's kind of no excuse. It's not like <laughs> school, you know, you're not going to feel like you're in school, but you're going to learn so much and you're going to get to see two beautiful films and two amazing central female performances, which is always important to me. 
Yeah, no, and I agree. They're accessible. I think they're very accessible, um, which is good. Again, I think they're, um, and they are just so well crafted and acted and written, and they're just yeah. I think I think um, uh, you know both the directors are were at the top of their game um, while making these films. They're really great. They're both, you know, George Tillman has been working for many years and done a lot of amazing work, and obviously now so is Ava DuVernay. But like, how incredible to think that's her second feature. Like the command right. of tone, oh, it's so, it's just like, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I know that that's, that's her second. <laughs> I know she's incredibly talented, incredibly talented. Um, well, Melanie, thank you for this. I really appreciate it. Thanks for time, taking the time thank out to you. talk. And, um, I really look forward to, are you, do you have projects in the works or are you, are you really just taking some time right now? I'm just taking some time. I mean, I have to see what um, Jason's life is going to be like because we, you know, we're trying to keep the family together. Um, <laughs> that I is a important. Pilot, and I don't know. <laughs> it's very important. Um, I don't know if my pilot's going to get picked up. I, you know, just everything so up in the air right now. It's such a crazy time. Yeah, it is. Well, good luck to you guys. Um, stay well and stay safe. Um, I look forward to seeing you and, and, and things. Oh, and, and by the way, just around around our house, uh, literally every time that, that you pop up in a movie or television series we're watching, we're like, oh, she's so great. We, My, my wife and I are like such big fans of your work. Like every time, like it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a running joke almost where if we don't know that you're in something and you appear, we're like, oh, yes. <laughs> so, it's, so it's been really fun to, to watch your work over the years. And we really, really love togetherness. Uh, just absolutely blown away by that. So, so thanks for all the incredible work and hours and hours of entertainment. We, we appreciate it. Thank you. It's like the nicest possible thing you could have said. Thank you. It's really sweet. It's truly genuine. Yeah, no, we always, we always love seeing you and everything. So. So best of luck and um, best to the, to the little one and the family and um, hope to uh, run into you when the world, um, you know, uh, collects itself and is back functioning <laughs> at some point. <laughs> I hope so. Good luck being a, a school teacher for however long you're going to have to do that. <laughs> thanks. All right. Well, thanks for talking. You got it. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Bye. So that's the show. I want to again thank Melanie Linsky for being on the program. Again, her picks were Middle of Nowhere and The Hate You Give, two timely and powerful films. And for what it's worth, if you haven't seen it, uh, check out Melanie as the lead in the Netflix movie, I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. It's, it's really fantastic and, and co-stars one of my favorite people, David Yao of The Jesus Lizard. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Contiki Podcast and subscribe and rate the show wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in next week for yet another recommendation from one of your favorite artists. And if you like the show, tell a friend. Thanks for listening. Be kind to one another and hang in there. We'll see you next time. <laughs>